Have you ever been waiting for a flight that continues to be delayed and delayed and delayed? Where you are sitting in an airport and you have an expectation of when you are going to get to a specific destination and the flight for whatever reason becomes delayed and they announce later on that it's going to be pushed back and that the departure time will be pushed back even more. Well, that happened to me a couple of years ago in Boston where it was about nine o'clock at night and I'm still waiting on my flight to board and to get back to Kansas City to where I lived. And as I was sitting there, I thought to myself, man, all I want is somebody to tell me the truth. I do not care if it's going to be delayed and I'll have to grab a flight in the morning, but all I want to know is the truth. On this podcast, I'm going to explain to you why it's important to establish milestones and timelines that are truthful and that are honest and that are realistic. Hey, this is Caleb and you're listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. With me on this show, doing a lot of work behind the scenes, is my teammate Tatsuya Murao. So back to my story. I'm sitting in this airport in Boston and I really just want to get home. I don't care how, but the flight keeps on getting delayed and pushed for a number of reasons. But one was that they had to do work on a specific airplane and had to move another one to potentially get us on our way. But that one got delayed because of another flight incoming from Europe. And it got pushed further and further and further back to where it was just very frustrating to be in an airport for six hours and not know if I was going to get home. If I would have known it would be six hours for me to stay in that airport, I would have just gotten a room, a hotel somewhere in Boston, and schedule a flight for the next day. But no, what the airline companies are trained to do is just feed you a little bit of information every single 30 minutes so that everybody has the same amount of time and everybody's stuck in the same situation. Personally, I think that's a poor way to manage time and a poor way to manage expectations. And one of the reasons why is because they're not really giving you the worst case scenario. They're not really telling you most likely than not the flight is going to get delayed tonight and it will resume in the morning and you'll be able to get a morning flight. In analytics, it's the same way. You will have a project in IT or a database project where series of expectations that are set, but they get moved for whatever reason and it gets moved and moved and moved and three months goes down the way and an executive or a director is asking, hey, why was this project moved? I really needed to take this project off and I wanted to launch it three, four, five weeks ago. What's going on? This is why it's important before you even put any development work in place to go and establish the right milestones and timelines. Once you establish real, realistic timelines and milestones, then you can work within that realistic timeline to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And establishing milestones and timelines relies heavily on gathering core requirements. So if you haven't listened to the previous podcast about gathering core requirements, I would recommend you do so because in this episode relies on gathering good core requirements that are specifically dedicated to specific pieces of work down the way. But once you gather core requirements and you're confident that these are the resources you need to accomplish a specific task, 
then you need to establish milestones and timelines that meet those core requirements. So this is the project planning piece of the project where you plan out what the project will look like over a given period of time, where you will need specific people, where you will need specific resources, and what technologies you will implement when. And as you implement them, then you need to recommunicate where the specific milestones are and if you need to move them ahead of time. And so if somebody is expecting one milestone to be completed in a specific amount of time, then as you move through the project, you can communicate along the way what milestones can be moved up because work was done ahead of time and what milestones need to be moved back because you're waiting on this specific hurdle to be worked through or this specific task to be accomplished. To give you a little bit of stats of some projects and why they don't meet specific criteria, a Harvard Business Review article found that over 20% of projects overran their budget. And more so than that, one in six projects turned out to be what they call a black swan, which means that they had a cost overrun of 200% and had a schedule overrun of 70%. And that's huge. One in six projects, they said, overran drastically on their budget and on their schedule. What this means is that there were projects that slipped and came all out of whack and did not were not planned accordingly or did not stand up to those requirements that were established early on in the process. And so if you have one in six projects that are over budget and over time, man, that can skew your your results drastically. Because what that means is that that one one in six failure rate can then be spread out as a cost across your entire projects. And so what that means is that across an entire year, your projects will, as a total, have a higher percentage of failure because of it. And so if you establish a project in IT or analytics and you don't have the right milestones and timelines in place and don't gather the right core requirements, then your chances of success uh, are a lot lower than they could be. One prime example would be when Kmart went into bankruptcy. So if you remember, Kmart was a struggling company in the early 2000s that had to call it quits in 2008 and 2009 for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that they wanted to do beforehand and relaunch their company was to undergo an entire IT modernization project. And so they invested $1.2 billion into IT modernization and they had high expectations of how this IT modernization would make them be the next target, would make them be able to compete in the marketplace. But what happened was that this IT project was, instead of a big success, it was one of the largest contributors to their bankruptcy. That what happened in this IT project was that there were many expectations set on this IT project that were unrealistic, first of all. And then second of all, as they were trying to meet these unrealistic expectations, then it failed at certain milestones and certain timelines that were not realistic to begin with. So what that means is that you had an entire company chasing an an IT project that was set up to fail from the very, very beginning. So as you plan specific IT projects, make sure that you plan to be successful 
instead of setting yourself up for failure. Because many times there will be high expectations of what you can do in a specific analytics project. But if you do not communicate at the front end what take on and specifically accomplish specific tasks, then it will be more difficult to then meet the high standards that are impossible to meet. It's better to have realistic expectations and realistic milestones and timelines in order to complete those projects. Here are the best practices that we use at Arcos Analytics to complete projects within their budget and within their timeline. The first is to communicate upfront. And this is something that is easily overlooked. But as you are going through gathering core requirements, be sure to communicate what you think it will entail to complete every specific task within that core requirement. So if, it, if you think realistically it's going to take you three weeks to accomplish a specific feature or task within a project, just note it down and write it down. And it doesn't have to be anything specific, but it has to be your best estimate of what you think it will entail to complete that specific part of the project. And so as you've gathered core requirements, your next step is to attach milestones and timelines to those core requirements. And I have found that it's very, very easy to then use those as guideposts because as you are going through the project, then you can go back to the core requirements and say, we expected to complete this task or this specific thing in two or three weeks. Why is it taking longer? And then we could also document why it's taking longer or why we met this expectation within a shorter amount of time. And so if we say, hey, it's going to take us two weeks to stand up a database to gather data into the database and then to push that data to a specific data tool, then you can allocate amount of time to that specific task. And so let's say for our example, it's going to take us three weeks to stand up the database, gather the data, and then push that data to a specific data tool. And if it takes us that long, suppose we complete it in a week, then we can document why it took less than the allocated amount of time and where we're going to allocate the remaining amount of time to another task or another piece of the project. If it runs over, then you need to also document and go back and document why did it run over the expected time and what can be done in the future in order to avoid such a mishap. So that's my first recommendation is to communicate up front. My second is that as you are going through the project, have a meeting between your project leader and implementation team so that you know the specifics of what it needs to be or what needs to happen in order to implement a specific project. Because you can have somebody who is a director or a leader or an executive who has an expectation of what something will entail without specifically talking to somebody who is implementing the project and has his nose to the grindstone and is specifically going to carry out the project. Once you connect the person who is doing the work with the project leader or the management team, then you can identify what truly will be a realistic expectation. Another best practice that we implement is to use a specific method in allocating difficulty or involvement within a specific part of the project. The difficulty of a specific project could be 
rated on many different levels. It could be a rating of like 1 to 10. It could also be an easy, medium, hard kind of rating. And it can also be an hour allocation. And Scrum as a agile methodology does not specifically say which one you should use over the other. But many people like to use what they call Fibonacci sequence in terms of hours. And so it would be like an estimation of one hours or two hours or three hours, five, eight, 13, etc. And so they use a Fibonacci sequence in order to allocate time in terms of difficulty. But other teams and other companies that I have worked with have used a scale of one to 10, meaning one is very, very easy and 10 is extremely difficult that needs more resources allocated towards that. And so whatever difficulty rating you use, I recommend you use a difficulty rating because what it does is it allows for the leadership team within a specific organization to understand the involvement and understand that if they can allocate resources and allocate time to the difficult parts of the project, then the ones that are easy, that are ones and twos in a scale of one to 10 can be accomplished quickly. But many times what happens is that Everybody is working through a level 10 project and maybe one or two people are working on a level 10 difficulty project, a very, very difficult part in the project. And if the team dedicates more time and or more resources to that level 10, then after that level 10 difficulty project, then after that 10, then there's ones and twos and threes that are very, very easy to knock out. And so everybody is focusing on that very, very difficult piece Well, there are other pieces of the project that can move a lot more smoothly. And so if you dedicate time to identifying which pieces are difficult and which ones are easy, then you can get an overall understanding of what a specific project will look like. So to wrap it all up, there are three best practices that I would recommend. One is to communicate up front. The second is to have communication between the project leader and and implementation team. And the third is to categorize each feature or function in terms of difficulty. If you can implement these three practices within your organization and within your team, then your odds of success go up drastically. Remember that IBM had a success rate of five projects out of six. If you can improve your success rate better than that, then you're on your way to becoming a world-class organization. And it doesn't mean that every project has to be successful from the get-go, but at least you have the tool set available to you in order to decrease the failure rate across your specific analytics projects and lead your company to become a technology company that can achieve success over time. Feel free to reach out to us on any ideas or concepts that you think have been essential for you and or you are curious about. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to the podcast as we are ramping up through the end of this year. Thanks, and we'll talk to you later.